Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and dank Overwatch memes. My name's Kevin Pape. And I am Daniel. And this is episode 20. Whew. Whew. We've, got, we've come so far. We have. I mean, to be fair, if we were even remotely consistent, we would have been in like 38. Probably. By now. Yeah. Yeah, that's mostly, that's mostly my fault. And my fault. Oh, he took the full blame. It's I, all his fault. No, I said there so, we go. So nope, nope. Daniel you're jumped in front of this bus. You're to blame for being gone. I'm to blame for you being here and me just being out of it and not wanting to record sometimes. Well, maybe so, maybe I want to be gone because you're out of it and don't want to record sometimes. Oh, wow. This is how it's going down? This hurts. Is this how this episode's going down? Is there already a rift? <laughs> There's a, it's a strong <laughs> rift. Episode 20, I get some dude the, fucking name Jose in here <laughs> and he starts talking about like whatever the fuck. I don't know. Pogs <laughs> or something like but, that. And you, you just kind of, you don't question it at first. I come in to record and Dave's sitting in my seat. Like, <laughs> Dave Hiller is What's just like, Dave doing? I'm Daniel. <laughs> He's wearing a backwards Zelda cap. <laughs> He's fucking... <laughs> He's listening to Thursday. <laughs> Shit. That's you, buddy. I would love to get him for an episode, though. We should. Yeah. We should before we uh, jet set the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't know, in about a month and ten days, we're going to be moving out to the West Coast. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's a scary it's a big move. Scary. We're we're moving away from our Floridian lives, man. I was born and raised. I'm flow grown. Same, sir. I'm a full grown flow grown. Born in the orange groves. <laughs> born right in the swamps of the Everglades. Uh, an alligator family raised me. They taught me everything I needed to know. Which Is that was... how you refer to the papes? <laughs> the papes? They were an alligator family. I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should see them at Thanksgiving. Of course, they're an alligator That's family. True. Um, we're gonna we're gonna break the format a little bit here, uh, so because in the uh, essence of time, in the pursuit of time, remember I, I struggled on this like yeah, 10 episodes and now ago? you're struggling with it what, again. What it is in the uh, conscientiousness of time? <laughs> in the name of time. <laughs> like I'm just like these are all prog rock album names. <laughs> right. I'm drawing at the conscientiousness. Are we doing a podcast or like fucking yeah. workshopping the next Tesseract album? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'm going to hit you with some news right away. Hit me hard and fast, man. And then we're going to get into the bullshit okay. that, uh, you, that you guys you, love. You kids all are so fond of. So I've got a few things. There's some hot topics, if you will. We do have a weird uh, show topic, I guess you will, but I don't consider it much of a topic because neither, neither of us seem to give like a big of a shit about it. Yeah. But uh, the first thing I do give kind of a shit about and let me just let me just hit you with it, buddy boy. You take a swig of that youngling, the traditional lager. America's oldest brewery and best beer. And smallest eagle printed on a uh, <laughs> sticker. <laughs> uh, Ooh, let me burp and get in the mode. The troglodytes over at Atlas are threatening YouTubers and streamers who dare share late game footage of Persona 5. Really didn't bury the lead in that opening, did I? Nope. Yeah, I just kind of went, went for it. There. it. Yeah. You're bullish today. PlayStation 4 users, dangerous even, PlayStation 4 users don't even have the option to spoil the late game as all native share features from gameplay recording to screenshots are disabled. As posted on Atlas.com, the company's stance is this, quote, simply put, we don't want the experience to be spoiled for people who haven't played the game. Our fans have waited years for the game to come out and we really want to make sure they can experience it fully as a totally new adventure." End quote. Atlas went on to post helpful guidelines for what's okay and what's not okay to share. These guidelines include keeping videos under 90 minutes, avoiding major cutscenes, story reveals, and boss fights, and generally focusing on dungeon crawling rather than narrative, uh, despite the fact the game is predominantly narrative. Quote, 
This being a Japanese title with a single playthrough story means our masters in Japan are very weary about it. Did we get that right? Weary? No. Weary. Weary. Yeah, fuck. Weary. I, I knew I was going to fucking get, get rim and set a net on that one. I you'll felt it. You'll stick another one. I felt it. Bro. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's weary. Okay. Weary, kids. Well, that fucks up the whole line. Because <laughs> I had a little joke at the end of it, too, about how some poor schlub at Atlas USA had the heavy burden to fucking write this book. <laughs> 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 well, I, I guess I got it there. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, how, how do they say again? No per buddies nerfed? <laughs> what is that expression? No per buddies nerfed? <laughs> Only halfway through this young You pull some shit out of your head sometimes that just like boggles me. Mm. Oh, the cat scared me. <laughs> <laughs> she headbutted the shit out of me. God damn, cat. She's aggressive today. She's very aggressive. She's now, sick. Daniel, one huge caveat is that content creators should not, by any means, show footage beyond the in-game date of July 7th. If they decide to spit in the face of Atlas, they're putting their channel in peril. And the official quote is, if you decide to stream past July 7th, and they literally put it in uh, all caps, I HIGHLY RECOMMEND NOT DOING THIS, YOU HAVE BEEN WARNED. You do so at the risk of being issued a content ID claim, or worse, a channel strike slash account suspension. Hmm. So this one's got me... Are you fucking kidding, Kat? <laughs> what did you, <laughs> what did you find? Get oh, out it's, of my, here. it's my name tag. Oh, it's your name tag? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, we're 20 episodes in, and your fucking cat interrupting has like, been like a mainstay of this series. That's okay. Like, I don't, like, we should have worked her into the logo, just knocking over a letter. <laughs> I mean, God, that would have been so cool. <laughs> right? Can we hit up Amy for that? Can we hit up, can we, Amy? Yeah. yeah. We'll get Amy King to do it. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, Okay. I'm a little microwave heated about this one. Yeah, you were super boy, fucking heated about it. I'm whatever about as it. As heated as I'm going to be heated about something involving video games, which yeah. is not not incredibly. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most still, heated you get in your life. I'm 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 prickly. I'm prickly about it mm-hmm. because I I actually went to uh, I picked up the game Persona 5 mm-hmm. day 1 uh, because I like to take these bold fucking jumps into the unknown abysses. Especially for a series you haven't even played. <laughs> no, not at all, but I've heard so much good about it and I got it for 25 because I finally unloaded Mass Effect Andromeda back nice. into the, the deep re- recesses of space <laughs> where it belonged. <laughs> Get a trade boost for it? Uh, yeah, I got a little tradey boosty. Nice. Yeah, a little tradey boosty. Cool. GameStop, they're going places, man. I think they're on the up. They're on the upswing. Uh, so I picked up Persona 5. It's a delightful game. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Yes. I don't want to talk too much about it right now, but my idea was that, hey, why don't I just stream my like first time mm-hmm. play or whatever? I even named I even named the stream I've never played a Persona game before. With the intention of like, wouldn't it be cool for like viewers that haven't played a Persona game ever mm-hmm. to kind of like get in there with somebody else who's in the same boat and kind of get the same impressions? Because it's a little weirder and a little daunting to jump into like, let's say, uh, somebody who's a super fan of the series that's mm-hmm. played maybe since part one or three. And or they four. have all the canon going, and they have like yeah, they they know everything yeah. about like the Velvet Room and what's going on with Personas, and that's like a little dense for like a viewer to get into you know so mm-hmm. i was like this would be cool but lo and behold actually it was a little bit of a uh, bait and switch okay ha 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 yeah uh i played it for like five minutes you can get through the fucking intro and mm-hmm. then it slams you with that block where really? it's just like you're blocked from uh recording any gameplay sharing any gameplay and it even tells you uh you can't do screenshots you literally can't do screenshots throughout the entire game of ps4 Damn. I'm, not, I'm not even like not even during like you know all block scenes, which is like I think would have been perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. It literally is every fucking component of that game is blocked, and I I think that's just a 
bit much. I don't know if it's every component of the game because I've been seeing screenshots. I don't know if maybe people are taking people external are do, photos. People, yeah, yeah, that's what okay. they're doing because you can't do it from the the, uh, the native UI. Console, native okay. UI will not allow you to do that. So okay. people have uh, capture devices and whatnot are doing that. So, so my thing about this is is that I understand from their perspective, like. Whatever your reason, no spoilers, anti-spoiler mm-hmm. culture, but I get it because it's a very dense narrative-driven game, yes. and, that, and that's the foundation of the game, you know. Uh, but on the other hand, it's just kind of like it's out there in the wild, man. It's 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 when you release a game like this, it belongs to the fans to a certain regard, you know, to a certain degree. They pay the sixty bucks. They they're the ones that fucking spread the message in social media, and it is nothing but good for them to share that content on their. Uh, avenues, be it Twitch, be mm-hmm. it YouTube, for people to fucking jam on it. Be like, this is cool. I want to pick this up. I think th- the great fear in uh, publishers' minds is that nobody's going to buy your fucking game because they got to watch it on Twitch or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that's just not that's not true. Like, show me those numbers where that's absolutely true. Because a lot of people say, and I know it's anecdotal, a lot of people are saying, like, no, it actually drove me to go purchase the game because I was able to watch not this controlled little video on uh, on IGN or yeah. whatnot, you know, where it's just, like, the coolest scene or whatnot. It, it, it's an actual long play. I think it's different than, like, streaming music or movies to where people are like, okay, cool, I can just do this here and not have to worry about buying. Because people still, they... They want to get invested in. They want to know what's happening with, and they're mm. they're going to streamers for specific reasons, and they're still they probably still have it in their mind that yeah, I'm going to pick this up at some point. So I don't think it's deterring people from that. I think a little bit of it has to do with, especially uh, on YouTube's uh, section, is just in the same way that Nintendo just maybe they don't like the idea of people profiting off of their work. That's you know? probably what and it it's is. like. Uh, Andrew Reiner, who uh, I think is senior editor at Game Informer, he wrote on Twitter, it's like, if you're a company that has an issue with streaming, just please come out and say that. Mm-hmm. Don't don't fucking have your little copywriter jump on Atlas.com and say, like, we don't like spoilers. Like, no, just come out and say, we just, we don't understand it, we're not there with it, mm-hmm. and maybe we should try to find some sort of common ground between how we can make it work. You know, because th- these rules are just fucking bonkers dude we can't even like show boss fights what 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 even telltale doesn't do this shit and they're nothing but narrative every minute of a telltale game is fucking spoiler and yet they have these fucking uh greg miller hosted like long plays on youtube and whatnot where you literally have crowd play the fucking game they encourage it and i think that's the right way to go when it comes to video games and the way that new media is moving Mm -hmm. it's like for you to like throw these regulations and goddamn rules and restrictions your way is literally you saying we don't like where the tide is going and we're gonna fucking try to moses it right now Mm -hmm. and it's like no dude you're you're gonna get nothing but fucking hate (laughs) coming your way so i i I think it's a poor move how do you feel like if you were uh atlas like what what would be your position besides being a uh japanese monolith if I were Atlas, I mean, yeah. they're in their right to control their product however they want to. I mean, you say, okay, it's out in the wild. It's, you know, the right. fans at that point, it's, it's what they want to do with it. But also, like, it's their product. If they want to hold it to a point where they're like, okay, we don't want spoilers to get out there, that's fine. I don't think they're going to disable um, streaming forever. Mm-hmm. Maybe for, like, the first, like, few weeks, you know, until people have gotten it and, you know, it's more accessible. Well, that's just a guessing game because they haven't outright said yeah. that. Um, I don't disagree with that. I'm on the opposite side of the fence of this where I don't think it's like the most horrendous thing a company yeah. can do and you think it's like super alienating that they're doing this and that like it's a I shot it's in the foot for Alice. I think it's it's alienating for that entire culture of, of streaming and Let's Plays that has erupted in the last uh, let's say seven years. Yeah but just because a company is against it doesn't mean that like every company needs to be for it and like 
okay, yeah, it's the hugest thing in gaming mm-hmm. right now. Like everybody's yep. streaming. Like it's how like games get exposure. But just because they're you know not for it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just they're not for it. Like and we talk about Japanese companies all the time, how they do things differently than we do you know in the West. Um, and maybe they're not you know for streaming over there. Maybe they have a different idea of how their game should be perceived and taken to. Well, um, uh, you know, if mm-hmm. if it is a profitability thing where they don't want people profiting off their game, that's a whole other thing because it is their intellectual property. Mm-hmm. If they don't want people making off money off of it, then that's what they should say. Right. But you know, if they're not saying it, and that's not what it is, that's a whole different story. Because they're afraid of looking bad, but it's like making yeah. this move in the first place is going to make you look bad to a lot of people, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But I want you to think of it this way: it, this reminds me totally of the anti-new media movement that the movie industry had, the mm-hmm. tiff that they fucking had around the tail end of Blockbuster where they were just like, even this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But now you're coming in here with streaming and Redbox and all that shit? What the fuck? You're going to you're gonna drown us out. Yeah. You're going to completely kill our business is what they kept on screaming. And it's like, no, the fans are totally there to support you. They're not, not every single one of them wants to fucking steal the movie out of your back pocket not, mm-hmm. not all of us want to torrent it we just needed a platform that made sense netflix is a platform that makes sense hulu is a platform that makes sense amazon prime is a platform that makes sense where they can still monetize in some fucking way and it's still you're going with the current rather than fighting yeah, against but those it. instances are different because they actually have the licenses for those shows and those properties and they're making right. money off of that way but like streamers they don't own licenses for those things right like, whereas there's no profit sharing yeah. which that's why nintendo fucking initiated that on, on, on uh, youtube which is still contentious yeah. to this day um yeah maybe and, and then again if that's the case, if that's how you're feeling, where it's just like hey we just don't like you fucking making money off of something that just we say made, like I just say that I mean, I mean, that damns you more than anything, but at least you're fucking honest. That's true. Um, I don't, you know, disagree with them for not wanting their game to be spoiled, especially because people have been waiting for it. It was supposed to release in, like, what, 2014? 2014, winter 2014. Um, so if that's part yeah. of it, cool. I, It is what it is. Um, I just don't agree with the way they're coming at people. Mm-hmm. Um, the aggressive nature of, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to suspend accounts. We're going to do this. We're going to block features from you. And it's just like... Which, an account suspension is no fucking uh, small matter. Yeah. Like, you can have your account suspended for, like, six months. Like, that, that's, that's a fun. hefty, like, And especially if, if you are a uh, big league YouTuber or at least try to make some sort of a living off of it, mm-hmm. you're fucked. That's your entire account for six months. Like, that, n- no, dude, that's people's lively, livelihoods that you're fucking with yeah. at that point. It's like, there's another way, you know? I understand, like, you know, uh, content ID claims and whatnot, sure. Just, like, if you want to be... Disruptive and whatnot. That's yeah. fine, but don't don't go with the strike thing, man. Don't or I mean, say don't go with the account suspensions. Jesus Christ, yeah. that that that's a bridge too far, right there. But that's what I think of that. I think we we've aired it out from us. Okay, we feel good. I got another bit of Atlas news mm. before we move on, unless you want to save it for later. Mm. Okay, uh, give me a second here. Let me pull this up on my little iPhone. Daniel's looking up things on his iPhone. Okay, so recently it came forward that the director of Persona Five said that they could not basically do a female lead game for some reason. This old nugget. I thought this was a really backwards idea you think of things that are tone deaf and i think there's yeah. more tone deaf than anything yeah 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 um, okay okay but he, he just really you don't enjoy my use of the word tone deaf i don't know why not in, in some instances now um but it's tone deaf. this is coming from polygon uh in an interview with waypoint katsura hashino explained that the players can only assume the role of a man because adding a woman would have been a huge amount of work honestly and this is in quotes to put that female character option in the game we'd have to cut out other things to compensate for the workload and every time that's the situation we'll basically say it's not worth it how do you feel about that? 
<laughs> so they've joined this uh, this MVP club <laughs> of developers that have gone out of their way to say, like, women, girls, that's hard as shit. Don't you want to play as a dude? <laughs> so he was talking in terms of Persona 3 storyline, where I think uh, yeah. that was more well-suited for a female hero. And Persona 4 and 5, I guess they didn't think it was. Um, and he also had an additional explanation for that, where he was said, quote, With the way that the game's world work, it was okay for the protagonist to be a female in 3. With Persona 4, though, we needed the character to, be, uh, to come from a big city to a small country town to be the driving force of the story. And it seemed more natural for a male character to fulfill that role. There are story aspects to this decision as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of a backwards mindset, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that there are a lot of coding and you know development problems that'll come like with having to maybe code two different story arcs like that. But your protagonist is essentially mute. Yeah, uh, during, from what I've seen through the whole fucking game. Um, I understand to a degree because they have these anime cutscenes throughout, mm-hmm. and I understand that's probably a lot of legwork to like just have a female protagonist instead of the male one. Mm-hmm. I can kind of. I can start meeting you at the water right there, yeah. but I'm not going to take a dive because at the end of the day, it's horseshit. It's absolute horseshit. You just didn't want to. Yeah. Just fucking say, like, oh, we didn't want to. That's not the story we're making right now. Like, don't, don't. I hate the bullshit excuse more than the result. And, like, you're going to get asked a question. Like, I think Waypoint asked him that question, they did, right? Yes. They came out of the. Waypoint's going to ask you that fucking <laughs> question no matter what. Like, they, you know, when it comes to inclusion, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it was the same thing with Assassin's Creed Unity, where yes. they were just like, we, we couldn't do a lead female assassin because it's just too. Those boobies, man. They're just. <laughs> they're too much to handle. They just. They kept on coming out at angles, and you want them perfectly round, and the boys here just went nuts. Our coders were having trouble coming to work. Just couldn't do it. all over the fucking keyboard. Jesus Christ, you should have saw Glenn. <laughs> Glenn had to retire that week. <laughs> Glenn fucking quits. <laughs> no, it, it's just, it's a stupid fucking excuse. I think so it's, too. It's like, dude, don't, first of all, come up with a better excuse and then, then it's too hard. Because obviously. Or it's not worth it. It's not fucking. Uh, Guerrilla Games, was it hard to base an entire game around a female protagonist? I don't think What's so. that? No? Hmm, weird. Hey, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, despite your weird problems where everyone has the dead doll eyes, mm. uh, was it hard to make two separate fucking uh, genders and two different voiceover lines throughout the game? Was that hard? It was a little so. bit difficult, wasn't it? But you did it. Oh, high fives all around, kids. Hey, Persona, what's going Oh, they gave up. <laughs> they gave up halfway through. No. Get, get, get that out of my face. That's I think it's bullshit. Is. They just didn't want to do it. They just wanted to do it. Say that. Yeah. Just say that. Just say like this game was fucking supposed to come out in 2014, Mm -hmm. and it didn't. Obviously, so shit was wild for a while, Mm -hmm. and we just had to make the choice. It was either going to be a female or male protagonist. We wanted to do the story. There's female. We think there's great female characters in the story as is. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Celebrate. Next time, try harder. Anyway, uh, number two on here. We're gonna move on from them. This we had a little Bioware news, a little Bioware blurb for you there, Daniel. In response to <laughs> some quality concern issues, uh, Bioware is rolling out patch 1.05 for their latest spacefarer, Mass Effect Andromeda. The patch looks to address, or at least begin to address, the facial animation problems that your Twitter feed has been having a fucking field day <laughs> with. The full list of patch notes can be found on the Bioware blog, but here's a small tasting of an improvements you can expect. 
such as single-player balance changes to ammo crates, armor, weapons, nomad, profiles, attacks, and progression. There's a lot there. Mm. Improved logic, timing, and continuity for relationships and story arcs. Improved lip sync and facial acting during conversations, including localized voiceover. Fixed issue where writer can become stuck in the start of biotic charge pose. That's uh, That sounds uh, inconvenient. Mm -hmm. There's some streaming and stability improvements. And here's my number one favorite. Added option to skip autopilot sequences in the galaxy map. That's awesome. It is the most frustrating fucking thing, especially since there's nothing in the galaxy to fucking see. There's nothing. There's nine planets in the system. All of them are fucking empty except for a goddamn asteroid that had some beryllium on it. God, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. You don't know what we like about spacefaring, do you? Just just admit you're a, an alien smooching simulator and stop doing space travel. God damn it. Anyway, that was my rant. No, I got more here. Bioware confirmed to Kotaku that additional updates to Andromeda are incoming, which will feature expanded male romance options mm. while playing Scott Ryder. And adjustments to conversations with NPC Hanley Abrams, a trans character whose writing has been criticized by the LBGT community. This was a character that outright deadnamed herself. Uh, which uh, which is crazy in modern gaming and, and script writing. Which, uh, <laughs> I, I understand, if you've never met a, uh, a transgender uh, individual, they often do not deadname themselves. No. Yeah, they're going to introduce themselves as Sarah mm. and not Steven. That's, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do applaud them for actually making that change rather than just like coming up with a bullshit excuse. Like, it was just too hard to not get this character to yeah. dead name themselves. Actually, I have to applaud uh, Michael Gamble and his team in general because they're yeah. doing a great job at listening to the fan um, responses right. and the criticisms and really rolling with it and trying to make uh, drama like kind of a long term thing that it, is sustainable. It is a very sorry state of affairs to where. Uh, you go from the original trilogy, which which is such a benchmark, especially mm -hmm. when it came to quality. You know, when it shipped, it was fucking great. Be your problems with the ending be damned. Those mm -hmm. games were polished, and they were the mark of AAA development. They were a, a, a high mark. Uh, and then you come out with this game, and it's like, they have to fucking fix it. It's so broken when it released. Well, my initial thought was when we were talking about it being released and it having a deadlocked like release date, I was like, it's probably not ready. Yeah. And I, we talked about, I was like, do you think it's going to get delayed? And you're like, no, it's, it seems pretty fixed. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It didn't get delayed. And I was like, and I had my thoughts. I was like, it's going to have problems, though. It should be delayed. So they should have maybe given it like be one or two delays and really worked on it a little because more. Because they were very, uh, very <laughs> guarded about showing gameplay footage of it. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember when it was coming out, a lot of people were just like, I haven't seen that much of Andromeda. I've just been hearing about it. And they keep on uh, teasing that date. And it seems pretty fucking real. But I think people were even like kind of okay if they were going to delay it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that, that's fine. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I would have been like, that makes sense. You know, because a lot of the issues that are here are just like, god damn, this this sounds like No Man's Sky all over again. But at least they've been more timely and responsive and been able to work around the clock to fix those issues. Right, that patch is up now. Yeah. Actually, in that patch, uh, they I remember I was looking at the uh, comparison between the eyeballs. Mm -hmm. They fixed that shit up. It nice. looks good now. It looks good. Uh, so I'm actually kind of excited to go back to it. I know I traded in my copy. Uh, Morgan has a copy of it, though. Neat. So I was just going to... When I was done bullshitting in uh, my anime animation land mm -hmm. <laughs> for the next 98 hours that I have to play that fucking game, 
Uh, yeah, I'll go back to Mass Effect, because I enjoy Mass Effect, and I think it was a pretty okay game. It just didn't fire on all cylinders. Do you think these will serve the experience a little better? I think it would serve... Um, Some of the glaring Quality problems. of life issues in okay. the game, especially that stupid autopilot bullshit. That was one of the most ridiculous things I've seen in like modern gaming. In a God while. damn. Uh, but there are just some other just pure design decisions that I just think, like, that wasn't good to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm still not in love with the sandbox like environments because they seem just kind of desolate and filled with the same shit. Oh, here's an outpost. Oh, here's uh, the weird aliens that I got to fight. And then sometimes it doesn't even really net you anything. I remember like, okay, so there's a little bandit post here with mm-hmm. uh, weird space bandits that broke off from in, from the Ark. Uh, okay, let me gun them down. What's here? You can get some ammo. <laughs> Oh, I kind of expected like like a story thing or no. no. <laughs> I don't even get like a cross off on the map. Like what's going on here? Why did I do this? Wow. I started skipping it. I was like that doesn't make kind sense. Kind of waste your time and then you were only going to like narrative driven points. Right. Uh, I think quality control the Polygon game guys, uh, they they said a very astutely. It's not that the game is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. It's just that it has a lot of little time wasters that start to add up. Okay. And if they can start addressing that and fixing that, they might get it back to where it needs to be. But we'll see. Moving on, I got another uh, little thing. It's near and dear to your heart. If you're a fan of Zelda Breath in the Wild sprawling open world, here's some new sure to make your heart container swell. Did you like that? You like that? I went, I went right after. Yeah. Okay, the game's producer IG, help me out. Ianuma. Ianuma. Yeah. It's not Aonuma. No. You sure? You sure? Yeah. I. <laughs> or is it EG? I don't know about the first name. I know I knew was his last name. Probably should have had a little meeting before Maybe. the podcast about this one. It's huh? all right. That's fine. I mean, we, we fucking workshopped over wary, but mm. not names. Did we did we get a lock on that? Weary? Wary. Wary. Yeah. It's wary. It's okay. You've never been good with names. I've never I think been the good Japanese. I've never been good with Japanese names. <laughs> yeah. like, what do you mean? What? I, have, I don't struggle with like <laughs> Craig Robinson. Like what? Okay, <laughs> I do. The game's producer EGA Anuma. There you go. <laughs> it. Has hinted open world design may become a series mainstay. Speaking to Famitsu, Anuma stated that quote: "From now on, this will probably be the standard form. However, eventually, that in itself could become Zelda as usual." Aonuma uses the game's puzzles, uh, the game's puzzle dungeons, as an example of a feature once considered a new idea that now is practically expected of the series. Given Breath of the Wild's universal praise, sticking to the open world environment seems like a durable choice. Unlike the game's weapons. Oh, <laughs> you did it. Take that, Aonuma! <laughs> I got him. Breaks his fucking broadsword over him. <laughs> it destroys itself. <laughs> it bursts in the glass. It's great. Uh, that's what I had. For the news, buddy. Okay. How do, you, how do you feel about this furthering of the open world design for Zelda? I'm I think not... it's great. Okay. <sighs> oh, you wanted more? Okay. Um, you, you don't dig on that idea? You want to see more I don't want every, experience? I don't want every further Zelda iteration to be an open world game. He just said they might uh, totally be. Like, every iteration will be an open world game. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want that. But EG just said that. I, yeah, I heard him and what he said. Okay, because but you don't like that. As a kid, but EG said it. I love the, the Zelda games, and okay. I still do. Like it's my favorite series. I've said it time and time again, and mm-hmm. I love the idea of seeing something off in the distance that like I could possibly go to. And the, those earlier games kind of limited you in a way where it's like, oh, you can go to them to like kind of a certain extent, not fully experience it. And I love in this game that you can see a peak far off in the distance or a weird little 
flourish in the environment, whether it's a mist or a beam coming off of a landmass, and you're like, I'm going to go to that. And you'll fucking, like, go to the highest peak, glide all the way there, and you'll get there eventually. But after a while, I think across multiple entries, it's going to be very daunting, mm-hmm. um, especially with a lot of things in this open world that fights against you. If they tweak little things about it, I think it could work well, and there could be sustainability there. And I'm not saying that the open world is bad. It's fucking brilliant. But I just... It would be a daunting experience to have every further entry be that way. Especially if they continue to litter it the way they do. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like the way the dungeons are. I don't like the fucking... That everything is a shrine puzzle. Like, I don't... I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you want to see, like, a very... A vastly... uh different take on I would like world? a marriage of both worlds where it's like you get the traditional experience from a Zelda game but it is also an open world game when I was first um, when they were first like leaking information about Breath of the Wild back when it was just like Zelda Wii U <laughs> yeah that worked out didn't mm-hmm. it uh, I mean it came out in Wii U it just you know who, who gives a fuck a few people bought it yeah sure good for them um, the the way that they kind of said it was that some of the dungeons in the game were like twice or three times as big as like Ocarina's dungeons. No. And that the way that they made, I know, and the way that they made it seem was that there's these huge expanses that you uh, travel between these more traditional Zelda dungeons. And it's like, I don't feel that way. And just in the way you're saying, it's like, no, what they, they, what they did was what would normally be in this very condensed, very fucking like labyrinthine kind of dungeon. Mm-hmm. They just split it over 120 shrines. Yep. And so you have these micro experiences like left and right. And it's like, that was neat. Like I, we were talking about the other night where it's like half of them. I'm like, yeah, that was really fucking cool. Like mm-hmm. that was pretty clever. And then the other half are just like, that was really frustrating because it made me, uh, it relied on like a convention or a rune that was just you have to have precise timing. It sucked. It mm-hmm. just didn't feel good. Yeah. And I was stuck in it. I felt stuck in it. <laughs> so it's like there wasn't there wasn't this kind of, um, I would say, like this consistent basis of quality between the shrines in my mind. So I, I, I would want to see them maybe like dial that idea back. Yeah. Or maybe just roll it into a different one. It, it was an interesting idea in terms of filling the world and making it more interesting and giving you more things to explore yeah. and, and go mm-hmm. after. And when you do come across a shrine, whether it's you stumble across one or finding one at the end of side quest, it is, you know, rewarding in a way. But I just, I don't want an entire new intri- entry to be based around that. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, have it to where um, there are expansive traversal areas from one point to the next. That's cool. But don't lie to me and say that like the dungeons are gonna be the biggest Zelda dungeons ever but mm. what we're doing is chopping it up and just scattering it throughout the world yeah like, I feel you you know I, I I have some issues with the game that a lot of people aren't having mm-hmm. and what's funny is like the same people that were like dropping tens on this game will outright be like yeah I didn't like that part of the game but it's still a 10 I'm just like is there is there uh, coke bottles on your eyes like what's going on there mm-hmm. where, where where is this where is this coming from <laughs> like I want to we're both saying the same thing. Like, yeah, I really didn't like the weapon degradation. Really don't like how the stamina's done. But, uh, yeah, definitely a, a 10. What? What the fuck? What do you mean a 10? Like if you have, like, really heavy gripes that hurt the experience like that, it should bring your score down a little it, bit. It, that definitely yeah. brought my score down. Like it, it, For sure. I, for me personally, I just find it difficult to want to, like, keep on going. Like, I, I actually play in smaller segments rather than just getting lost in the game like a lot of people are. Because mm-hmm. I'm just, like, a lot of my shit just feels like I'm doing busy work to accomplish certain tasks. Mm-hmm. Or I, I'll run into a new area and be like, oh, fuck, I haven't explored this before. It's only to find that I'm not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, your stamina wheels. <laughs> Fucking shit for this tower, man. Oh, but I just found this, so I gotta, what, come back? Yeah, 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 go explore, uh... 
the 1.5 sky ribs to the left instead of the 1.5 sky ribs to the right for a while. And I just like I lose that that kind of uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for momentum in the yes. game. So that that's where I'm at with the game. That's how I feel. That's okay. what I'm doing. Did you have any flybys? Do you have anything? Um, I got one or two about? flybys. We're gonna talk more about Zelda yeah, 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 in the yeah, latter yeah. half of the episode. For Zelda. Sure, I got some things to say. Zelda. Um, I didn't write anything. Uh, blah, 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 but I'm just gonna quote some articles here and there. And this is his last episode. Oh no, Dave's gonna replace me again. <laughs> Hello, Dave. Um, as from VG247, the headline is Nier Automata director created Nier series because he was tired of AAA games. Uh, this Sick. came as because uh, Yoko Taro, he was guest on the yes, latest yes. episode of Toko Toko TV, and he basically had a few things. You're that nailing all he, of this. He was talked to about and uh, questioned on, um, but on the point of why he, you know, came to Incept and uh, their ideas behind Nier, it was basically because of the nature of AAA games in the atmosphere today. So he said, quote, looking at AAA titles, of course I find them beautiful and interesting, but after 20 minutes of gameplay, I wonder whether it is going to be the same for the following 20 hours. I'm a bit tired of this. If possible, I would like to make games that are unexpected games that keep changing form. This is the mindset I had when I created the first Nier game, and it is present in Nier Automata as well. So... Fuck. I, I read a headline that said, uh, here's why Nier, or no, it was just, Nier Automata is a masterpiece that you probably won't play. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it fucking hurt my heart, because I was just like, god damn, I'll get to it, you know? It just came out in a time where there were so many other games, and like, it's at the forefront of my mind where it's like, okay, after I do Horizon, after I finish Zelda, that's gonna yeah. be the next game I get. Yeah, uh, it, it, just, it hurts my heart that I haven't played that game, because what, just half the shit that I'm hearing... Uh, whether it be the fucking five playthrough, five playthroughs—that's incredible. Where things change and are different, and that's how you see the whole. Oh, that's man. super dynamic. God, it's so good. But, but yet, hold on. Yeah. Uh, Persona on. Five—they couldn't have a female protagonist because it would be could too- not have okay. female protagonist because it was too hard. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so are you, dude, to, to decode in the Chebs alone is like twenty thousand man hours. Man hours. <laughs> you understand me? It can't be done. It can't be done. It it. Look at me. It cannot it can be, be done. done. Okay? But I like this approach that he's just like, you know what, we're tired of like how games are these days and we want to do something different. I think they've achieved that. A critical response to the game has been like overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to check it out. I hear the gameplay is good. You play the demo. Um, the demo fucking floored me and I was just like, I need to get you this. You said it was like super cool, arcadey, and like such a video gamey game. And I was like, It was a video gamey game, but it was cool. it was definitely one of those things where it's like, this is a piece of art. Hmm. Like I'm looking at art, I'm holding art. I need to get more of this, but it just, it came out at the worst fucking possible time ever. Yeah. Uh, with the Switch, and Horizon, and Zelda, and uh, Persona, which I was really, really interested in. Mm-hmm. So, I will, however, get up in that shit real hard. I want you to. Real fucking Throw hard. your body into it. Uh, and then one last bit here um, for our overt watch segment, as mm. Kevin wants to call it. Mm, I do. Often. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Kaplan sat down with GameStop. They had a very extensive uh, interview there. You know, things that were covered were Jeff Kaplan's love for peanut butter. GameStop or GameSpot? GameSpot. Okay, thanks. Did I say GameSpot? Mm-hmm. Okay. You said GameStop. Oh, my bad. You know, those guys are on the up and up. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so yeah, he sat down with GameSpot. Um, they had a really good interview. They talked about possibly p- uh, patching out Genji, Kaplan's love for peanut butter. But, Sick! <laughs> but they also talked about two things in particular that I thought I would, would lick the peanut butter off Kaplan's balls <laughs> if, if Genji got fucking out. <laughs> if they patched out Genji and then fucking Genji and May and May yeah you'd Genji look his asshole May. yep I would I would eat that man's ass we're getting super crass Jeff <laughs> is that super crass we're just making promises to want to eat somebody's asshole 
Dude, we offered to give save room hand jobs when we it's a little like different a developer than, does. It's something. a little different than going asked about. Well, a hand job is a little le- okay. I got you. It's a little less, you know. Not it's more non-committal, I should say. It's like uh, it's like a it's I think like a handshake. Eating somebody's for your asshole stick. requires a level of like intimacy, you know. Sure, you know, I spent a game like a year with your game, but I also maybe <laughs> want to take you out, get to know you a little bit. So, so that's like the official art. The save room stance is uh, never eat someone's asshole on the first date. I think is, so. Is that what we're I think that's that a good. One? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff Kaplan, for opening up this avenue of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> so, two points that came up that I thought were uh, very interesting. Um, one was he was prodded about uh, another story mode, and they've talked about this before. How yes, they, they play around it, the deal with and it, and they should and, do it. So, the question was: um, Have you ever thought about introducing a proper story-driven campaign, or are you content with the little morsels of narrative you're peppering in your response? We've been talking about this topic a lot lately. We've had so much fun doing the animated shorts, and we've had some cool surprises in store for people in that direction. It's probably one of our favorite things to do. I feel like in some ways we can do better storytelling in those than we could through gameplay. I'm very excited because we have a new comic coming out very soon, which was the, I forget the name of it. Uprising. Uprising, and it explores uh, Black Watch with uh, Black Watch Genji. And, uh, it was good. They did like a motion comic for it, too. It yeah, really that yeah. seemed pretty cool. The costume's really fucking badass in that one. People are talking about it potentially being a skin. It needs, it needs to be a skin. They've done some all, cool Genji All of their retro Overwatch skins, yeah. They Should be, be in there. there. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he says, I'm very excited because we have a new coming, uh, comic coming out very soon. I think it's our best comic to date, and it tells more about Overwatch than any of our comics have in the past. I'm very excited for our players to get their hands on that. One of the more interesting things for us was that the Junkin sign event that we made for Halloween. We never had made any player versus environment content. That game is very deliberately designed to be this player versus player experience. But a lot of us on the Overwatch team come from either the StarCraft team or the World of Warcraft team. The guys who sit in my room love making that kind of content. And Junkin scene was a really good experiment for us to go, what could PvE feel like? And not only how it played, but how the story delivered. We narrated Junkenstein, we used Reinhardt, we made a comic about it. The chatter between the four heroes, I think it's something we'd like to experiment with more. For a 6v6 PvP game coming out with a whole single player campaign is like making a brand new game in and of itself. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure our players understand the magnitude of development that would go behind that, but it's certainly a fascinating idea. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's a lot of legwork. I'm sure it's... um, Especially at this point? I would say, Kaplan... It is almost as hard as coding a female protagonist into a video game. We're going to burn them at every fucking corner. <laughs> Forever. Oh. We're just a couple of SJWs, bruh. <laughs> Fuck. We're just some social justice warrior, bros. Bros. <laughs> boys. Bros. SJW boys. We're changing the name of the podcast, SJW boys. <laughs> not that we don't have a logo or anything, and that it would be confusing for branding, but we should do it anyway. It's the cat knocking over stuff. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Speaking of cats, Kevin, mm. also on this thread of interesting points. Oh, not this darkness. <laughs> this darkness. So they were talking about characters they had uh, messed around with and ideas, and at one point, there was actually a character that they had considered, which was a cat in a jetpack. People were going crazy over this idea. So Kaplan says, quote, We had done a lot of concepting. We had one hero who was just a hockey player. Literally a hockey player. We later made a Lucio skin for a hockey player, but he was just a hockey player hero. Then, there was this hero that was a huge internal debate on the team because we just loved it so much, but it didn't make it. It was this jetpack, and it had this cat that laid in it. Like a cat does. Then every once in a while, it would paw the controls. It was a cat in a jetpack. That was one of those moments that helped Overwatch. We went, yeah, that's probably too far, but yes, we had a cat hero. Okay, okay, okay. So you remember when I pitched a character for Overwatch? Uh-huh. It's, so it's just going to be a, a flying shark. Always on the move, you can't stop moving. So you can't even fucking camp anything. So you're always on the move, and what you do is uh, your alt is to swallow other characters whole, and they basically have to fight their way out of you. 
So they're told it's so dark in there. It's so dark Super in dark. Shark's Belly. And the whole thing is that you don't die immediately. Like you're still in the game, mm-hmm. technically, but you are <laughs> you you're slowly being digested. So your health is going down. But your whole goal becomes this mini game to fucking start nailing the organs. You gotta shoot the organs of the shark character. What what was his name? Is it uh what, what do we call this guy? Like Lockjaw? Lockjaw. Or fucking... Uh, the Sharkless Monster. I don't know. <laughs> Sharkbone? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So I think that would be super dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should uh, go to... Was it Anaheim? Yeah. It's somewhere in LA that the, the offices are. We're gonna, I'm going to draw some fucking... We're going to do some reference points for them. Some reference images. Most of them are going to be stills from Street Sharks. We'll just like airbrush out the legs. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all floating around. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool, dude. I think it'd be really, really cool. I'm I, down with it. I that. can tell you that sometimes you're just an idea guy. I'm, I am the idea <laughs> guy. I'm an idea. I should be like right there next to everybody where it's just like, oh, whoa, 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 What are you doing? Uh, I'm drawing a character. Uh, this sh- this character's got chips. Do you yeah. understand how hard it is to code <laughs> female characters in the video game? But a shark? That could work. A floating shark that swallows other characters. With 60 rows of teeth? Perfect. And creates a mini-game within its gullet. That's amazing. That's done. That's the sort of PvE thing I need. That's ready-made. Yeah. That's ready-made. That's already baked into the game as is, as far as I'm concerned. So How would ultimates work in that situation? Would they charge at the same normal rate, or would they decay? So basically, when the shark gets hungry, mm-hmm. like so like he needs to be near... Like, uh, so, okay, here we go. You know how a shark smells like blood in the water? I am aware. When damage happens to the enemy team, mm-hmm. like, he gets frenzied. Like, he smells the damage. So if you're not damaging them, he's just going to be fucking coasting back okay. and forth. But when he smells the damage, he gets hungry, and that builds up his alt meter. Okay. Because let's say he can't do, like, a lot, like, he can't really attack outright. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, his move is like a trump card, right? Yeah. So you can't, like, outright, you know, just start chomping on dudes, uh, essentially. So he's got to wait. He's gonna He's got to be on the wings. Maybe he's got another ability, which is, like... I don't know. He he makes the ground wet. <laughs> he makes it slippery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't think out the rest yeah, of his yeah. abilities. I just really care about the pocket universe and his stomach that you have to have a mini game where you shoot at his organs to get okay. out. Yeah. And in the meanwhile, like you're fucking dodging license plates and tires <laughs> and shit. It's gonna Other be fish. Yeah, because like remember, they they put in all these discrete fucking physics into the game where like chairs spin the right way, ladders fold. Yeah, in. of course. All of that's going to be in the shirts. <laughs> a little in-depth like physics features. All of it. I like that. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be really good. I can't wait uh, until season five when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been in talks with Jeff. Interesting. Yeah, after I ate his asshole, he was just very, very receptive to my <laughs> To ideas. every idea. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a great guy. This is episode 20, guys. This is episode 20? We're <laughs> getting crazy with it right now. Uh, so that's all I got for Five by News because I was a lazy piece of shit and I didn't write anything. Okay, but so we, uh, we need to get into a few things. We're running out of time. No, I, I'm sad to say it. Uh, yeah, we're just, just I, I want to say it so we feel like we're running out of time because okay. uh, we've been known to go on these fucking missions like uh, on the Iliad mm-hmm. <laughs> about our, with our podcast. So, am I Homer in this instance, or is that you? It's uh, you, you're uh, Homer. Uh, 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 uh. Do you want to kind of talk about our topic? Do you, or I'm giving you a, a, a audio choice here. You want to talk about our topic, which whatever. Or do you want to get into like what we've been playing? <clears throat> hmm. I'm giving you a telltale choice, which you're able to stream. <laughs> I'm running out of choices. I'm running out of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, roll into, let's roll into our topic, and then we can roll into talk the topic because I think we're gonna bang out the topic cool. real quick. Because uh, what happened was uh, Xbox uh, finally released the specs for what they're calling Project Scorpio. If you don't know, it is the successor to the. Well, it's a mid-generation successor to the Xbox One. It is not necessarily the Xbox. 
In fact, they fucked up the naming game where we don't even know what to call yeah. the, the the successor to Xbox One at this point. Xbox Negative. I feel like this is more of a, a next iteration than it is like a mid-generational thing that they did with the PS4 Pro. I think this is like their next big step. Do you really think like it's next? I mean, I think so. It depends on that that naming. At E3, they can come out and be like Xbox Two, and that'd be yeah, kind of cheat. I still don't know if this is like their code name for it or if this is the official name. For me, looking at the specs, it feels kind of the same as PS4 Pro, where you it's think like so? this mid-generational thing. So we're, I'm going to nail out some of the specs. Okay. Um, so uh, feel free to uh, fall asleep if you're driving. Uh, try your best. Uh, so the CPU. On it, it's 2.3 gigahertz, 8-core AMD custom Scorpio engine CPU. Don't know what the fuck that means. GPU, integrated AMD graphics with six teraflops performance. There's those flops. Got to get them teraflops in there. I'm sorry, Ram, I'm he's falling asleep. Oh my God, uh, Ram, uh, 12 GB, or I guess that means gigabytes, GDDR5. <laughs> nice. Storage, one Terry. One full we understand Terry. that. That makes sense. Yep, and it's on a, uh, what was it, a 1.5-inch drive, 2.5-inch, whatever. Does not matter. We're moving on. Uh, dimensions. Don't know. They didn't reveal what the fucking console was. <laughs> or what it looked like. They literally just released the specs and nothing else. And then the optical drive is 4K slash HDR Blu-ray drive. It can play uh, uh, 4K Blu-rays, which apparently the PS4 Pro cannot. Hmm. Uh, networking. Gigabyte Ethernet. Da, 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 da. These are just... I don't even want to get into that. We're going to move on from that. Internet subscription. <laughs> we already know what's going on there. Wait a second. 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 Okay, I was so scared that I thought like because it has this in a weird like list jobby like an Excel list. Mm-hmm. I thought I was wearing. I thought I was reading the PlayStation Four specs. Oh my god! <laughs> People were like, "That sounds real impressive." It's not. No, I wasn't. I'm good. We're good. We're good. So yeah, um, don't know how to parse out any of this information personally, mm-hmm. and I think this is the weirdest fucking way to to kind of like start trickling information about your console like this. This is just as bad as the PS4 Pro presentation in some way. Well, maybe not that In terms bad. of messaging. As far as messaging goes, because it's just like, so the Xbox family, the Xbox brand, the Xbox, uh, uh, I guess, user fan, I don't know if this is going to make sense to them. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't make sense to me, and I game a shitload. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're trying to tell me with this. Uh, the only thing that's helpful is that you have these comparison charts versus what PS4 Pro is. It does mm-hmm. look like this console is outperforms it, outperforms it, yeah. but not by a mile, as far as more. So, uh, like, okay, I'm looking at GameSpot right now, not GameStop, which are they're on the up and up. Did you hear that? Uh, which console is more powerful? On paper, Microsoft's Project Scorpio console is poised to become the most powerful system with its six teraflops of performance. But it isn't slated to release until the end of 2017. There you go. That's info for you. Hmm. That's something that makes sense. Uh, as of today, the PS4 Pro, da, 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 it's just saying PS4 Pro is the still the optimal console because it's 4.2 teraflops until this bitch comes out. Okay. Um, which console offers the most storage space currently? It's actually the Xbox One S has a 2 terabyte model. Yes. So there, that's not uh, with this. The big issue with this is that um, apparently you can't currently swap out the hard drives on Xbox One systems, hmm. whereas you can do that in PS4. So that's kind of a thing. But I believe you can use external uh, storage. Okay. So... Uh, yeah, so we really don't know. I thought what... this was going to be like a big banger presser, and it wasn't really anything. It was no, just like a specs rundown. And especially with E3 right around the corner, it definitely wasn't going to be like, oh yeah, by the way, we're just going to fucking launch this console or announce this console like this. No, mm-hmm. no you're going to save it for E3. Mm-hmm. Although they did kind of cordon themselves off to the Sunday 
instead of the Monday, which has been traditional, where they Microsoft starts off the day and then Ubisoft embarrasses themselves for about an hour and mm-hmm. a half, and uh, maybe somebody else fucking comes out on stage and does something, and then PlayStation hits it okay. at the end of the night. And that's I I feel like they wanted to disrupt that formula because they're just like, dude, that's not working for us because one, the last thing that people are thinking of is like PS4 at the end of the day, or PlayStation as a brand, yes. as opposed to what Xbox did in the morning time when they're still getting the goobers out of their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know whether or not to be excited, because this honestly sounds like another PS4 Pro. What they are saying is that it's going to be totally compatible with Xbox One original games, or I'm sorry, I mean to say Xbox One games, okay. um, so it's backwards and backwards compatible with Xbox 360 okay. games that have already been uh, made BC, uh, which is not the whole library, as you're yeah. maybe well aware. Um, which, so, yeah, that in itself almost tells me it's like, okay, so that's not going to fucking go to the next league because it's still kind of uh, shoehorning itself to make sure that this older text works on it. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly the sequel to Xbox One. It really is just another generational... It's like oh. the Xbox One on steroids. It's the uh, Windows 10 to Windows 9 kind of leap. Okay. You know, where it's like, oh, okay. It's been a year. <laughs> I mean, I'm not too crazy excited about it. Uh, what would get me excited is, okay, show me the games. Show me the exclusives. And that's show been, me what's going to call me to it. Like, okay, you can conversation around You it. can run specs by me and alienate me in a way, and that'll speak to some people. It'll speak to the PC gamers and the people who are in Xbox. But Which is like... It doesn't that, speak to everybody. That was my point exactly. The people that are able to like look at this and really truly understand are going to be PC people. Yeah. That's not who you're trying to fucking sell. <laughs> My guys, they're already going to tell you my rig is more powerful than your next yeah. generation console, you know? Like, that's not... So how about you come out and literally say the words, this will make your fucking games run better if you have original Xbox One games. We're going to have upgraded Scorpio games, like the upcoming Middle Earth, that are going to fucking absolutely kill it in 4K. And we're going to have studios like um, CD Projekt Red mm-hmm. come and make a 4K edition of Witcher 3, which is rumored. That'd be awesome. This is the messaging you want to yeah. fucking say. I, I'm so surprised that it's Phil's more consumer friendly. It works for the people who play. Right. I'm so, so surprised that Phil Spencer, the, a man who, by all accounts, is very savvy and has done his best to to try to put out the never ending tire fire that he was left with when management, like, what is his name, Don Kotek or whatever the fuck his name is, Don Matrix Matrix. I don't. I, I'm not gonna keep it straight anymore. I don't know these people. I only know Jeff Kaplan's sweet, sweet asshole <laughs> and Yoko Taro. You understand <laughs> me? These are the people that matter to me. Um, I'm so surprised that Phil Spencer just didn't come out and was like, this is not the right way to go about it. Like, only tech heads are going to get a boner over the Only Digital Foundry, who they release this information on, would get a hard-on for this. And I heard they, they flew them out there or drove them out there, and it was a very, like, exclusive event. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's a weird way to go about this. I really do think that you honestly couldn't have you didn't have to say anything until e3 mm-hmm. this is just going to kind of this is one of those steps that takes a little bit of wind out of your sails before we're supposed to get to the actual flight mm-hmm. so don't know why they did it i think that's all we can really fucking go on with this one yeah so that's 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 dead you were talking about it though earlier like oh are you gonna get a xbox Excuse scorpio me. and i'm like absolutely not you're like i don't know i feel like i want to get one for <laughs> me yeah when you said that earlier today yeah i didn't I don't think I said those words. Yeah. I absolutely don't really care about an Xbox okay. Scorpio. I don't remember. What? Yeah. Are you sure you weren't talking to somebody at work? That's no, something I... that the other Daniel would say. <laughs> no, I haven't spoken to anybody else about it, really. Really? Yeah. No, I don't. Maybe I was just fucking drifting. I don't know. Maybe. You do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was probably You're my little hyperlight Was drifter. I sitting, like, working on the laptop when I said that? 
You were just like in between my door and the kitchen, and just we were just talking like ambiently. No, yeah, okay. no, that 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 sounds like a different Kevin. <laughs> that sounds like Devin, my evil twin. <laughs> no, honestly, I don't. I mean, I, I without a 4K TV, PS4 Pro and Scorpio are in the same camp in my mind. Okay, I am hearing that uh, even if you have a 1080p TV, that it is going to make Xbox One original games. It's <laughs> weird fucking phrase to say xbox one or yeah i don't mean the xbox from 2001 god damn it they fucked up they did <laughs> somebody should have slapped them with xbox one it's, it's crazy how long these companies have been kidding? in the game microsoft sony nintendo and how they keep fucking up their messaging of things like, that's so important from a consumer standpoint <laughs> to so, know what it's you're all about wrong. Like, i'm not confused when i say playstation 4 mm-hmm. I'm, or, or even better yet nintendo switch it is its own beast they they understood that your messaging gets muddled with shit like we you mm. xbox one is a bad name and i'm getting so confused i hope i hope scorpio whatever it is it comes out and it's just like drop the one just maybe just call yourself the xbox or fucking xbox prime please xbox xbox prime is not bad mm. yeah or xbox the gold i don't know how i feel about any of those yeah that, that one wasn't they're good. all weird that, that one i retract it's fine yeah. it's fine scorpio is a cool name i they're not gonna call it that yeah. it's not gonna be scorpio <laughs> lest, lest they have Spider-Man ride in through a window and try to fight it. No, it's not going to work out. No. Yeah. What, what were they codenaming uh, the PlayStation for? Neo. Was it Neo? Neo. That was man. cool, too. That was actually a really cool name. Yeah. yeah. PlayStation Neo would have probably done. I think they should have just called it PlayStation 4 Plus or PlayStation Plus. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a little brand confusion there. Yeah. That's all we really got on it. We're trying to workshop for them, and it's just like they... They got people that get paid to do this. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's we're not marketing, on. guys. So, uh, until E3, we're not going to see more of it. There you go. The end. Daniel, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Um, bouncing back between two things, mainly. Um, got back into Overwatch. I always say I got back into Overwatch. Started playing what Overwatch again. What does that mean? You, you play I know. Overwatch perpetually. Like, it's, I'm in That's it. That's your always default. You're right. Uh, they launched Orisa about like two weeks ago. She yeah. was mainly just like a quick play staple, but then I... Really got heavily into it when they put her in a competitive. They kind of were, like, holding back for a week. They didn't want to mess up the meta of competitive right away. They wanted people to get their hands on her and get accommodated her. And then they're like, okay, cool. Once that's all figured out, we'll put her in a competitive. I thought that was kind of an interesting idea since, you know, when new characters like Ana and Sombra came out, they kind of threw them in immediately. And, you know, people, they jumped to those characters right away and it kind of fucks things up. Like, people are learning how to play. And I don't mind that necessarily because I'll play with a character, like, for a minute or two on quick play, get the handle of them. I'm like, cool, I'm ready for it. But mm-hmm. I don't think that always works for everybody. But I thought it was an interesting way for them to approach it differently. And I think that's how they're going to adopt things going forward with new characters in competitive mode. Um, but I got my hands on her. I like her a lot. I think she's a fucking powerhouse of a tank. Mm-hmm. Um, I play her really, really aggressively. Uh, I think it was either Polygon or Kotaku making the argument. Whichever one Patricia Hernandez works for. Yeah, Kotaku. Right, right. Kotaku. Yeah. Okay. Making the argument that um, Orissa was supposed to be kind of the other Reinhardt because mm-hmm. they wanted they really wanted to look at what made Reinhardt such an anchor tank whereas the other tanks weren't and they I think they kind of missed the, uh, the mark on that a little bit because people were just like no you still kind of need a Reinhardt you like do. she she's more of a support tank which mm. is kind of like a weird way to go about I don't know that she's a support tank I think okay well how, how would you perceive her especially stacked up to the Reinhardt when I played her the first time I 
I couldn't get her on quick play, and she wasn't competitive. So I played on six v six, just arcade mode, whatever. Okay. And I had a team of six Orisas, and it was really imbalanced, and it wasn't working. And I had no sense of how she worked with a good like team comp. But okay. then when they threw in there, um, I found that she worked well with you know two good healers, and then having an additional tank because like her shield, she throws it up there. The um, cooldown on it's pretty quick. It has like nine hundred um, health to it, and it's pretty sustainable. But like it goes down pretty fast. And to have a second supplemental take like Reinhardt, it helps because like when hers goes down, boom, his can be up, and it's good for pushing through and forward. Um, I don't necessarily think she's like a support tank. I don't. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Well, I mean, how about the uh, the complaint that she's a little bit squishy? She's a little squishy. She's a little squishy. But she does have this. Um, it's a L one thing. It's a, I forget what it's called, but it basically gives her like um, invulnerability for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. I forget what the actual name of the ability is called though. But it's super helpful. Um, it gives you a chance to kind of. I think it was hard back. on. Hard on? Hard yeah. on. Yeah. Hard on? For sure. No, Fortify. That's what it's called. Thank mm, you. No. That, no, that's what it's called. No. It gives you a second to kind of like... Call Jeff on you. Regroup and then uh, allow your shield to go back up. Yeah. Um, but I like her. I think the only thing I have a problem with is her gun. Like, it is super, super powerful. It has fucking 150 rounds. Like, mm. the reload on it, you don't have to worry about reloading for like a few seconds, which is pretty rad. Um, but it's not super accurate. Like, you have to kind of, like, lead with shots a little differently than you will with a different character. Just because of the range <coughs> of it and the way that the bullets kind of spray out. Um, but I like her a lot. She doesn't have much for mobility, but with the right, like, team behind her, she's a fucking beast. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the damage output I'm doing per game, I'm doing, like, 20,000 damage a game. I'm blocking, like, almost 30,000 a game. Mm-hmm. Like, she's insane. <laughs> Brad, yeah. I, I, I uh, played around with her a little bit, and I was actually impressed that she wasn't, like, super technical, mm-hmm. which I... I mean, she she has like a really interesting suite, uh, but I, I I didn't find her too hard to like pick up. No, she's not. Um, and you can use all of her abilities like with a good flow to where like you're constantly pushing forward with her and like not taking too much damage. Yeah, I just haven't really been feeling Overwatch as of late, especially mm-hmm. since our apartment Wi-Fi has been garbage. Yeah, like God, I was watching you play a match and people were fucking just like teleporting. How bad it was. God damn. I'm surprised I'm still like winning matches or doing as well as I am at times with how bad the connection is. Yeah, but then it like wreck your placement or not your placement, but wrecked your uh, your ranking. Um. Well, I when wrecked I did my placement it. matches, I did I won seven. Terrible. I lost three. I placed at like 2400 or not 2400. Yeah, no 2400. Yeah, um. Yeah, yeah. It was is during the week that Wildlands came out and the Switch came out, so I guess people were doing other things. But then I had a week <laughs> where like I was just playing and I was solo queuing and I wasn't like on headset and I dropped pretty considerably like to like the low 2000s and then like beneath that and now I'm playing with like a co-worker and um the connection's not like helping necessarily no like I feel like if it was on where it needed to be like fucking we're paying for my matches would be like through the roof I would be winning like almost every time look at this guy over here but, winning every time yeah. fucking uh we got fatality over here oh my god fucking plunging through the MLG like nothing <laughs> But yeah, I like her a lot. She's super dope. I can't wait to play more with her. I already got one of her trophies. Um, and then outside of that, still playing a lot of Zelda. A lot of Zelda, huh? Yep. Yeah. yeah. How many uh, Divine Beasts have you uh, squabbled away? Three. Three? Yep. Okay, what's your last one? Uh, the Gerudo Valley one. Gerudo? I don't know the name of it. Gerudo? Gerudo? Is it Gerudo? They say it in the game, don't they? I haven't heard it yet. There's a cutscene where they say okay, it. Okay, good. I can't wait to hear it because I, I need can't. to know. After all these years, <laughs> I have to is know. Is it how a it's... hard G or a soft G? It's GIF all over again, I'm telling you. Uh, no, yeah, so I, I played a little bit more of Zelda. I'm still, like I said, I'm still kind of in the same way where I just feel like a lot of the uh, mechanics in the game are just like stifling my ability to enjoy it in long sessions. Mm-hmm. And I do mean the stamina being the worst. I've almost gotten over like the weapon durability. Well, it still pisses me off and... 
Nobody in Nintendo is getting a save room handy for me nope. for this fucking game. Uh, I, I don't think it's as bad or as glaring as a problem as having to worry about my poor little uh, el- elven boy getting tired and huffing and puffing, you know, or or, or the, the risk of falling off of a fucking tower because I couldn't climb all the way up it. I fucking hate that. I just, I just really, really hate that. And, the, and then the, the response, well, you gotta go fucking do like 30 shrines to make that problem go away. Like, the what did you say? Yeah, I gave you the response. It's like, well, okay, you can do like 16 shrines to get another full stamina wheel. And then you find like uh, climbing armor that allows you to like climb up and use less stamina. And you're like, okay, where do I find those? But you're still in your head like, I have to just seek those things. And that's a pain into itself. I, I'm still struggling as yeah. I am, you know? Normally. I'm still I'm, I'm still huffing and puffing to try to do this. <laughs> so I, but I there, there's some clever things. Like I was saying, like some of the shrines that I got into, I was like, this was actually fun. Mm-hmm. This shrine wasn't stupid. Basically, it's any shrine that doesn't have motion controls I enjoy very much. Which are still pretty. Mm-hmm. I was, we, we find we I found ways to, to break a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't necessarily broken any of them. I think maybe, except for like one where it just... A lot of the ones where you got to get a ball and drop it into the holes, like mm-hmm. it expects you to go about it a certain way. And sometimes I'm just kind of like... What if uh, ice? <laughs> and yeah. then it like you know I, I change up the parameters. But uh, otherwise, I I had a little bit of fun uh, fighting Rudo Ruda Von Rudo, yeah. The the uh, the the Ganon in there. The elephant in the water. Oh, you actually like that part of it? That one was fine. I okay. was just like, oh, this is like the first you know because where the shrines are these micro puzzles. This mm-hmm. one was kind of like it was all kind of like together, which I was like, okay, fine. This kind of reminds me of older Zelda. Mm. It's still a bit brief, a lot briefer than it I is. thought it would be for a dungeon. Yeah. I, I got through my first yeah. one and it took maybe like 30, 40 minutes to do it. I was like, that was it. And then like the boss fight at the end of it was super like underwhelming. Yeah. You fight like Firebite Ganon and I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. But I, I think, I think what's going to happen for me with Zelda is that I'm going to rediscover it and get really into it mm-hmm. because that's happened for me with Fallout 4 recently which Fallout 4 is not beloved at the save room, uh, especially not in the grander spectrum of the series. We both think 3 is probably a better game. I think so. A lot of people think is a better game. And in the grander pantheon of RPGs, I think there's several RPGs that just straight spank it. Uh, but I got back into it. I made a few changes. I, I jacked up the sensitivity on my fucking aiming, so now it's really snappy. Mm. Like, I feel like I'm playing Horizon, actually, with how fast cool. it's moving around. That's awesome. Uh, except the combat still is janky as shit. What, ha- what really helped me was that I... Going from Mass Effect to this game, because like for some reason I just had this weird like mm, I just want to just want to dive back into the wasteland with my with my sad dad looking for his little boy, <laughs> I, I, for my little Sean. His name is Sean in the game too. I don't know if it was Andromeda that pushed you there as much as it was like Monster Factory. No, oh, yeah, watching Monster Factory <laughs> for sure. But it was Andromeda was just like I think it was easier where it's like. So Andromeda had really clunky gameplay mm-hmm. and just, like, didn't really mesh. And then I went to Fallout and I was like, oh, man, yeah, the animations aren't that bad. And Bethesda's really not good at animations. Mm-hmm. But this one, they're not that bad. At least they got the eyes, right? <laughs> and then, like, they even have, like, cool little cutscene kind of things when you're talking to characters, which I think Horizon dropped the ball on, too, where you're just fucking straight zoomed on a character yeah, staring like at him. It's really time. boring, yeah. Like, there's no art to it, really. But yeah, got into a little bit of Fallout. Uh, I'm not going to talk about a two-year-old game because there is another game that I fucking got into. Unless you have something else to get off your chest, because I'm about to get into Persona action. Um, I mean, why are you so prickly? Prickly? I don't know. It's just my hair. You just man. got some prickly skin, dude. I'm sorry. Is that I'm... eczema? What is that? It's not eczema. Maybe you I'm sure? part pickle. Who knows? Okay, I got some soft skin. I'm mm. fine. 
This is the uh, episode 20 touchdown. <laughs> he always touches me in an episode. It gets weirder. It comments on my hair. Like, just yeah. interrupts the flow to just be like, fine. what's going on with your hair? Your I'm fucking pompadour. You ever, you ever think that the, the gaming talk interrupts the, the actual flow of just of touching just us you? being friends? Just, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. You got anything? You got anything? Is this a touch cast or a podcast? I want to get in some persona, bro. I'm, I'm itching. I'm itching. I'll let you do it. I We're mean, doing it. I mean, I, I can talk about Zelda some other time. Are you still there? Is there more to say about this fucking game? I put 50 hours into it. You're still talking about the same old shit. What, is, what do you mean I'm talking about the same old <laughs> shit? Fucking, uh, I'm mad at stamina. I'm mad at durability. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what crazy Zelda moment did you have? I've had a lot of crazy moments, dude. Yeah. Just the sense of exploration, the things that I've like sought after and like been able to achieve. I think it's fucking so great. Okay. Um, a lot of the side quests have been taking me to these like kind of like less beaten paths where like uh-huh. I got into uh, I went to like a snowy mountain peak and I found a shrine that there was uh, it was home to this dragon spirit and you basically in order to activate the shrine you have to fight this dragon and it's covered in like corrupted nodes and everything and it takes you on this fight around this mountain range where you have to basically use like air pockets to kind of like fly and like shoot it midair and it was like one of the like more more grandiose like combat experiences it was more memorable than like the boss fights have been i was like oh this is really fucking Mm. crazy and out there and like it took me a few tries to like nail it down but i was like holy shit this is like a like larger than life zelda experience but but isn't that like a great rpg tradition where it's like the normal story Mm. uh track takes you to like okay your level fights yeah but then like there would be this one fucking enemy that's on like a far corner that's just like yo i'm level 99 plus there's <laughs> no scoring me baby you got to play the whole fucking game to get to me like i, I kind of like that where you got to go out of your way to be like oh shit this is a real goddamn challenge yeah. you know so that's cool i like that zelda's got some uh, it was neat just some shit. of the like exploration things that i'm coming across and um when I came back from, uh, where do we go? South by Southwest. Mm. I had done the second Divine Beast, and afterwards I was like, okay, cool, I'm sick of this weapon degradation shit. I was like, I want to get the Master Sword. So I made it my personal quest to, like, find it. And I was, like, searching everything, hitting every tower, like, unlocking the maps. I'm like, cool, this isn't it. <laughs> this isn't This wasn't it. the Master Sword? No, this was like, this isn't the area one. And I, I finally, like, I get to the point where I'm like, huh, okay. This outpost looks like it could be it. And I found on the map what looked like what would have been, like, the Lost Woods. And I'm like... Cool, I'm going there. <laughs> cool, worked, I love Worked my way to it. And I love it, losing myself in woods. It, it was just such a cool, like, throwback Zelda experience, like, to be back in the Lost Woods. It's, like, a little reimagined, but, like, there are little puzzle um, loops that you have to get through to get to the, the main goal of it. Um, but it was neat. It felt very familiar, and uh, it reminded me of what I liked a lot about um, the earlier entries, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting the Master Sword itself was kind of a task, because you get there and you can't even rightfully get it right away. <laughs> they make you work for it a bit. Yeah, I saw because you have to have the the right amount of hearts to like yes. drag it out of the ground like fucking Excalibur. And if you guys want to know the the amount, you need thirteen to do thirteen, it. or you get murdered by. Yeah. So as you're sword. you're pulling it out in front of uh, the great Deku Tree, who's yeah. horribly voice acted by the way, one of the worst voice acting roles I've I've seen in that game. Uh, but you're pulling it out in front of him, and if you don't have it to a certain point, you basically drop dead again, like you did a hundred years ago. <laughs> In front of the Great Deku Tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. I want to get to these cool little bits in the game. It's just yeah. making me do horseshit. Like, there's so many great, like, traditional Zelda experiences out there. You just have to find them. Like, I always have bad luck in, like, games that people love a lot. Remember I didn't like Overwatch when I first played it? Yeah. And, like, I was just getting horrible match after horrible match but i just had to like retrain my brain to like get used to what it was a different type of shooter i think that's what it is for zelda where i'm just like i'm having the absolute least amount of fun because of the tracks that i'm going on Mm -hmm. nothing i found so far besides maybe like the actual story beats 
are really that interesting. People are going about it like, it's a really fucking emergent, sprawling world with all these interesting, interesting little side paths. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I haven't seen anything like that. I'm fucking climbing rocks. <laughs> like, that's what I'm doing. I'm climbing rocks and activating these towers that don't do a goddamn fucking thing for me. And I'm over here having, like, dragon fights, finding, like, labyrinthian fortresses. I'm not having like... a dragon fight. I'm getting fucking moco goblins fucking storming my ass with their breakable spears. Like, that's all that's happening to me right now. Now. Like I haven't, I haven't found that through line of, of goodness of that sweet spot. Yeah, you always talk about the clicking point that you have to yeah. have with certain games, and I, I feel like you're still not there, which is it kind of sucks. I'm super not there, and I've played hours and hours of that game. Yeah. I I don't understand. Uh, can I move on? Yeah, can we move on? Yeah, you want to talk about Persona? Cool. I want to talk about Persona. All right, cool. Let's talk Persona. about it because it's new, it's current, and you're liking it a lot. So Persona is one of those weird bags where it's like it's a lot of things that Kevin doesn't like. Uh, mixed together, and you would think normally that, oh, I wouldn't pick that up or I wouldn't enjoy that, but somebody said something, uh, I remember I mentioned in the last episode, Susan Arndt said that it is one of the best RPGs ever made, but, mm-hmm. like, just ever. Bar none. Bar none. Well, I wouldn't say bar none. Bar none means fuck the rest. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't say Persona. I don't know Susan Arndt. I don't know what yeah, she's yeah, about. Uh, she can make a true. fucking ballsy statement. I don't know what she's about. about. She's about dogs and writing. It's all oh, cool. Whatever. Most people are, I guess. But, um... And that it is absolutely worth picking up a PS4 to get. Okay. Like, God, I was like, damn, those are bold words. And then I watched some gameplay of it. I watched like 15 minutes straight, and I was just like, this looks really snappy. So it has a few things that Kevin Pape doesn't normally enjoy, which is turn-based combat. Mm -hmm. I've gotten over it because, you know, come on. It's always better to control your character in my mind. If you disagree, uh, okay, cool. I I don't dig that. Um, And then heavy anime style. I'm fine with anime. There's mm. several animes I really enjoy. I'm not in love with the, maybe the culture that's erupted around it, mm-hmm. uh, especially what I've been subjected to with my job where I go to anime conventions. These are not my people. No. <laughs> They're not my people. It's like the far left of the nerd sphere. Uh, I, I don't know what direction you would go, but it, it's down. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to come at you. If you like anime, that's fucking great. It, it just, they're, 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 come on. Sidebar, do you like hentai? Do I like hentai? Not really, dude. I'm okay. masturbating to a cartoon. Not my okay. bag. I just wanted to get it out there. Not my bag. All right. Yeah. Fair. Maybe, maybe I didn't have those same, like, overtones when I watched, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit as the rest of people. <laughs> like, I wasn't immediately like, fuck, I want to fuck that cartoon. Like, no. Maybe a little bit that one uh, Bugs Bunny's and like uh, Lola? girlfriend Lola. Oh yeah, oh little, Space Jam. She was a little jamming. bit of Lola. Okay. A little bit of Lola. I've seen some stuff on the internet that I could show you. It's just fucking buck wild. In fact, in fact, we'll we'll make that the uh, the the avatar the uh, <laughs> for this episode. Maybe we shouldn't get into that though. Because sure? people are getting flack for masturbating to female video game characters or objectifying oh, things like that. We don't want to be those guys. Yeah, I guess we're the social right. justice room. It, we are the, the social justice room. <laughs> right, come, so, come, social justice room. So mix. Persona Five. So Persona mixes all these into one bag, and honestly, it is one of the best times I've had this year in a game. Really, it is so fucking good. Because when you picked it up, I was surprised, and yeah. a lot of things I was hearing about, like, yeah, those things speak to me, but I was like, it don't speak to Kevin Pape, like turn-based combat, anime. <laughs> no, not a, at all. A lot of it, I was like, and I've never played work. a Persona, but I, I will say outright. Because uh, somebody somebody else said this, it is the best uh, persona to get in blind. Okay, you know, so if you're a newcomer, pick up five, absolutely pick up five. Not only because you have to, uh, you can get it on the console that everyone has, rather than a fucking dead portable. Stop launching games on a dead portable. Uh, <laughs> that was a sidebar for the Vita. <laughs> it it is it's just, okay. So the turn based combat's really snappy. It's really well done. 
and it's got these really intriguing elements that kind of remind me of back in the day when you had Overdrive for like Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Was it Overdrive? It was Overdrive, right? For seven? seven? Uh, I don't remember. Overdrive was ten. Overdrive was ten. Okay. Seven might have been Critical Limits. I don't remember. Yeah, whatever. Critical Limits. I didn't play seven. Whatever. Sorry. I'm going to get fucking condemned for that one. Oh, well. Edit that out. Anyway. Um, so you have these like elements in the combat where, first of all, the style is beautiful. It looks fucking good. Oh, yeah. It's super stylized. The music is goddamn good. But that, that's so typical of like an Atlas game. Like, their music like yeah. stands out yeah, 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 among yeah. all the other elements. Yeah, to me. I even said I even made the uh, comparison. It was like it's honestly like playing Catherine, but an RPG. Yeah, but that's their style. That's what they do. I just I've been out of loop, you know, for a while. Because I look at the cover of those games and I'm just like, ugh, it's not for me. This looks like a fucking ship fest. Yeah. Not a shit fest, a ship fest. Shippers are all over this shit, and I don't want to be there. <laughs> that's basically what it was, and so. Th- the story is fucking offbeat weird. You play as this one, uh, this mute kid who everyone calls Joker. You can name him. I named mine Sunny Wu, which I was embarrassed afterwards because Wu is a traditional uh, uh, Chinese, Chinese name and not yeah. a Japanese name. I was trying to do a fucking uh, homage to Daniel Wu from Into the, Into the Badlands. Yeah, I get it. You fucked up, dude. I fucked up real bad that word. Yeah. Imagine if you went on stream with that. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, man. good thing they denied me. <laughs> But it's still a fun name. His name's Sonny. Yeah. So my dude Sonny, uh, apparently, it's got this weird flashback sequence going on where he, he is this weird thief that's going around fighting somebody. You honestly don't know much. But you go back to the, you know, our, the past, and oh, it's so hard to explain this fucking game. But you're a high schooler. Someone has taken you in after this kid stopped a sexual assault. We're getting some heavy shit already with this game, mm-hmm. you know. So like, don't 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 think the fun jazzy music uh, is covering up the real dirt in this game. Okay? Of which the director said they handle it expertly. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would say they handle it as well as maybe a baby would with a fork in an outlet. Fuck. In some cases, like it's a, some of it's really broad. Some of it's really like like that teacher's fucking a kid. <laughs> like like real shit. And I don't. I don't it's fine. It's fine for what it is. It's mm. really interesting. It's dark overtones. Da, 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 da. I wouldn't say they handled it fantastically, okay? That's, okay. It, it's, it's weird. I, I guess because it's a weird juxtaposition of it being like this super anime stylistic jazzy beats going on. Mm-hmm. And then you have sexual abuse. Physical abuse. It's, it's weird it's... The, the way they symbolically handle the uh, the abuse factions of the game where it's like, okay, well, that's how you chose to go about it. Like you go oh. into the, I don't know the, the, the other world you go into. So normal but... high school story, this kid's an outcast. Uh, some weird uh, dude who's kind of mean for no reason took you in because his parents paid him money to do so. He's kind of like your guardian and you sleep above a restaurant in their, okay. in their attic <laughs> is what's going on. But uh, soon you find this other world where you gain access to these dark powers of, of persona which are kind of like these avatars that sprout out and apparently are tethered to your soul mm-hmm. in some way and you use it to attack this other world, this, this other universe and notably uh, the character that you're going up against is a weird personification of a gym teacher's subconscious. Mm-hmm. So all of his negative flow and his weird uh, sexual deviances are kind of distilled into this this king of a castle. And so the school turns into this fucking crazy castle dungeon land. And you have to go through and you end up finding other teammates that can leap into this uh, multiverse thing. I okay. forget what they call it. It's like the multi-something. Uh, and they fight with you. Hmm. And so far, 
So the story, there's a lot of story to it, you know? Remember how I was getting, like, really impatient with Yakuza because of all the fucking dialogue and this and that? Yeah. And I'm, I'm a story guy. Like, I, I write, dude. Of course I love of stories. Course. It's just, when it's, mu- when it's much, it's much. And Yakuza was much for me. This one, there's a lot. It's like reading a, a manga. Mm-hmm. But it's fine because it's so it's engrossing. Yeah. And the localization is so good. Because hmm. I'm just like, no, this doesn't sound like somebody fucking uh, was playing telephone, you know, where it's like... Uh, he bit a seashell. He bit a cock. You know, like, it's, that's not <laughs> yeah. what it's, like, the translation's not very garbled. It's actually really well done. Like, you get a good sense of characters. There's actual very well done voice acting, like, top notch. And it's interesting to watch the animations while the voiceovers are happening, too. Yeah, the, just the UI is so nuts, but at the same time, it works so well. You think it's, it's like, at first you think it would be busy, but it's like, no, I'm able to really just kind of parse out what's going on in the screen at all times. Where I'm like, yep, that's what this character does. That's what's going on here. This what's what this button does. And you have two ways to control when you finally have a party. You can, have, you can just have them on auto fight and just worry about yourself okay. if you want to go in it casual style. Or what I prefer, because I'm old school... Use them all. Like, I play as each of them and choose all of their moves. Mm. It feels like old Final Fantasy, but really fast. Like, Mm. I'm telling you, it's fast. And you have these moments when you're fighting these demons in this castle where if you use a certain ability that is their weakness, and the only way to figure out what it is is to actually use it, and then it marks it down in your uh, kind of uh, compendium. Mm -hmm. It tells you, like, oh, dude, they're, they're weak to fire or whatnot. You can do a knockdown on them. And that opens you up to do this fucking all-out assault where everyone on your team just smacks him down for this really stylish finish, like mm. a Marvel vs. Capcom fucking style finish. Nice. Or you can have a conversation with the demon. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't Fo- seen that. Follow me on this. So you can ask him, hey, give me a fucking item. I just kicked your ass. And they'll give you an item just to, like, spare their life. Mm. Awesome. Or you can just straight up ask for money. You, uh, There's this theme where you're all thieves for some reason, and that's, like, kind of, like, the core of your powers. Weird. Don't know why that is. Yeah. But it is, because, like, in between, like, in fights, like, you're sneaking around and shit, and, like, you can actually do ambush attacks on the guys, so, like, uh, you get the first strike. Cool. Awesome. Mm. It works really well, and it's not a sneaking game. Get that out of your head. It really does flow very well. But the third option is really interesting. You can literally say, lend me your power, and then they'll be like, what's that? And you actually have an opportunity to kind of uh, coax them to your side, and you can start using them as your own persona, which is really fucking fuck nasty. But you have to have a conversation with him where you both see eye to eye. So you have to, like, answer his questions, and you have to give kind of, like, a general right answer where, like, they'll be like, hey, so I had this one fucking succubus literally ask me, so what's the worst thing? showing up to a restaurant that's uh, got a long line or no line. And you're just like, oh, a uh, fucking long line. And he goes, you know what? The, my favorite place always has a long line. Oh, fuck. I'm just remembering. I wasn't a shadow of this palace. I was a persona before. And then he joins <laughs> your side. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's so weird. It's, so it has this weird Pokemon element going on in the background where I'm fucking collecting demons. <laughs> and then you you meet this one crazy dude his name is Igor in the Velvet Room. Fans will know what it means. I don't know what the fuck it means. I just know <laughs> that every time I go to sleep, I go to prison for some reason. <laughs> and I talk to Igor. And you can fuse personas together to make a brand new persona. Oh. They'll make a new demon. It's like a crafting system almost. And sometimes, and here's another fucking layer. If, if they have the right affinity to one of your companions in your party, you'll open up like new relationship options with them. Oh, wow. What the fuck? There's so much going on. It seems like there's so many moving parts to this game. There's a lot of moving parts, and I I will fucking tell you right now. Is it overwhelming? 
kind of, but it has such a very, very... So it has a fast kind of hook to what the game is, and then it goes into this very extended tutorial. And when I say extended, I'm talking some Final Fantasy 13 shit. Oh, no. Not, not oh, no, though. It, lit- it literally does give you the information in such a good way because it, it uh, interrupts. Like, every time you learn something new, there's going to be a new development in the story or a new component of the story you didn't know before okay. that keeps you interested. So it works. And then later they'll be like, hey, by the way, did you know that you can fucking uh, make craft items up in your room up here if we just clean it? And it's like, no, I didn't know that. That's, That's an interesting awesome. way to do tutorials. And I remember them handling that uh, very similarly in Catherine. Right. No, yeah, the tutorial is completely laced to the story okay. rather than just being like dialogue blocks of like how to play the game all at once. Okay. No, no, no. Like I'm, I'm literally like maybe fucking uh, six, seven hours into the game and I'm still getting tutorials. But like it needs to be that way because the way that it builds itself up, like I'm learning, I'm actually really adept at the things that it taught me. And then they can add an, another layer okay. to it where it's like, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I can do that now. Because okay. if they just threw it all at once, I'd be like, no, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Th- this ain't right. No, I don't know what. Fuse persona? What? What? I got to talk to a person? <laughs> like, I'm confused. Like, no. They do it really well. In fact, I'm still I'm still in the uh, first dungeon that is considered a tutorial dungeon. Oh, wow. Because here's another interesting play about it. You can't just do a dungeon in one. I know it's a weird concept, but the thing is... You're given, like, actual calendar days, and, like, they'll tell you, like, outright, hey, we need to fucking uh, kill the boss in this dungeon before, like, May 2nd. Mm-hmm. And you're given, like, 12 days to kind of decide how you're going to use your day. So you can either do it in the normal overworld, where you have conversations, you can go to shops to buy items that help you in the other universe. Okay. Uh, or you can build up, like, you know, little subplots with the other characters. Or you can spend an entire day in the dungeon. And what happens is is that your characters run out of like um, their magic attack power to use their personas, and like you'll you'll go into these little save rooms where you can literally just like fucking uh, fast travel back to the real world hmm. if you need to, or just save the game right there, which you have to manual save all the fucking time in this game. That's uh, whatever, but it's it's actually part of the core of gameplay because you can actually go back and see different choices and weird shit like okay. that. But, um, can you only save in save rooms, or is it manually anywhere? You can only save in certain areas, okay. so you can't just save in the middle of a dungeon. Like you have to save in a save room. Uh, it's important to know. When you're back in the like overworld, you can save wherever you want. Okay, which is nice. It's just like when you're dungeon crawling, that's safe. But what happens is they they all get tired, and the only way to rejuvenate them is to get a night's rest. Mm. Or you can use you can use items, but they cost so fucking much to buy items that rejuvenate them. So what happens is you end up making progress little by little in a dungeon, and it gives you a progress report at the end of it going like, all right, so we made it to uh, Hall F1, and then it shows you a long list of all the areas you unlock that you can fast travel to. Okay. And then it'll be like, all right, let's make more progress tomorrow, okay? That's interesting. <laughs> really cool, actually. Like, it, it, it kind of doesn't burn you out of it either. It gives you a sense that the dungeons are going to be super large, too. They're really big, actually. Hmm. Like, kind of huge. But it, uh, half of it is that you're fighting, like, rooms filled with enemies, and they're depleting your resources, and then it's just kind of like, need to get the fuck out of here and kind of plan, but you always come back stronger. I really like that sense of progression in the game. It's not just like, here's a fucking gauntlet of a dungeon that you're going to be stuck in for the mm-hmm. next, like, two hours. It's going to punish you, and you're not going to get far. Like, no, it's like, okay, now I go back into the story, and then the characters, like, say things about, like, so where are we at in the dungeon? Like, what are we doing now? You can actually have, like, little little meetings with your characters. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting game, dude. I am blown away by what Persona 5 is, and I'm sure people out there are going to be preaching like that's what Persona's always been but I'm just like no 5 in particular seems really 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 well done mm-hmm. like just from the get go I'm just like so impressed by what it's like 
set out to do. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see where the story goes because I just feel like, you know, I've been hearing people say it's a 100-hour game. That's for sure. And I can see why. <laughs> I can definitely see why because I feel like I haven't even touched the surface of the game. Probably not. I'm not out of the first dungeon, and I don't even know what the actual main story is. I just know we have one small goal in mind. That can't be the entire game in my mind. Nah. Plus, I only have four characters in my party. Apparently there's like eight. Okay. So I, don't, I haven't even met these other fucking characters yet, dude. It's so good. It's interesting. It's so fun. It's so stylish. It feels so good to play. I hear there's like an open world component to it too. Kind of, sorta. Yeah. Kind of. It's it's not huge. Not, not like a typical like RPG open world. It's kind of like Yakuza, where it's like it's all in this very contained area. Area, but you can kind of take on what you're doing. Like I'm doing, and you can do some weird shit, man, in your normal day to day life. I I found this goth doctor, who everyone has this rumor about. She's practicing like illicit medicine, Ooh. and when you like talk to her, she's like, "Yeah, I've got some secret stuff." But you know, you you go through this whole thing where you try to spy on her and shit, and she finally just like clobbers you, and she's like, "Here, take this. If you want to." If you actually want to get the recipe, you're going to have to help me do experiments. She makes you drink this fucking tonic that knocks your ass out. And oh, she sure. was like, I didn't think you would do that. I thought you would just run away. But <laughs> since you uh, stayed, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll show you what it is. Fuck. Yeah, and like it actually helps you in the uh, the other world, you know, because it gives you boost. I was just like, that's a really cool little thing. Like yeah. it has this little story thing. It's That's how you do side quests, man. That's how you fucking do it. It's so good. It's such a good mix of like what... It oddly reminds me of like a visual novel mixed with a classic JRPG mixed with just bonkers. Hmm. Bonkers, bad fur day. <laughs> it's good. That's cool. I recommend it. I do. I want to pick it up at some point. I have like three games that are standing in the way of it. Uh, I'll definitely touch it before I ever touch Mass Effect though. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it. And I, I just heard it's got so much going for it. It's got a lot of personality and I really cling to games like that. And I like JRPGs and I, it sounds like it's just a different type of RPG. It really is. But the Persona games have already kind of um, established themselves as RPG games that do things differently, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. League of Their Own. They're very different, very... Uh, I mean, I mean, Five's my biggest example of what it is, but yeah, I played Catherine too, and I was just like, this is such an interesting take on games. Yeah. So Atlas, they, they have a very just interesting take uh, on video on games. On gameplay and, and video games and miniature. And it reminds you, it's like, yeah, fuck, man, like, some great games, like, come out of Japan, for sure, that just, like, move the industry, like, up sometimes, you know? I mean, that's where gaming kind of started, more oh, or less, yeah. so, like... It's a fertile crescent of video games, yeah. It's good. Uh, I'm interested to see if, like, Western developers are going to look at uh, Persona and, and do something with that and make, like, sort of a modern type of RPG here that's different. I hope. I hope it, and just in terms of, like, straight storytelling, not necessarily, like, some of the gameplay beats. Although, yeah, they could definitely take a look at, like, the idea of having to tackle a dungeon in that way, mm-hmm. where you have to, like, really prepare, go in, do little by little, then get the fuck out. That would be kind of interesting. Imagine if, like, Final Fantasy XV did something like that, where it's yeah. like, all right, we're not ready for the rest of this dungeon, you know, and had, like, little stop gates where you can kind of break on out of there. Yeah, there were only, like, a few, like... The Uber dungeon type things, yeah, where you did yeah. things like that. But for the most, like the dungeons are pretty like easy to get through. Yeah, but did, I I would want to see them kind of like take a, another look at story and just like character building because mm. it just seems like, especially in Mass Effect, it really just fucking tries to streamline and I don't know hit the ground running in ways that it shouldn't. Because, like, uh, you don't give a shit about the writers when the first 30 minutes of the game or even the first fucking four hours of the game. So I'm like, who, who the fuck is Scott Ryder besides this, this douche nozzle that makes sarca- sarcastic comments sometimes because they threw away the Renegade Paragon system. So I don't... You can only be uh, compliant or sarcastic. It's just so boring. 
It, it reminds me of Fallout 4, actually. You could be compliant or sarcastic. Yeah, those dialogue choices really didn't Even in that game, you, you can go fucking guns up and be like, you know what? Give me the bottle caps. <laughs> <laughs> Mass Effect's like, you know what? Let's smooch. <laughs> like, get out of here with that action. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited for you to play more of it and then tell me your thoughts because I, I like what I'm hearing and I, yeah. I've peeped in on you playing a few scenes here and there and it's it's cool. I'm going to get into uh, more of it tonight for sure. Sure. For sure, buddy Boyle. Nice. Yeah, you want to wrap this one up with anything? You got anything on your mind that feels special? Uh, it is episode 20. It is episode 20. It is episode 20. That's milestone for somebody out there. It's for somebody. Uh, I don't really have anything. I wish I'd planned something. Yeah. I, I know. I we did a, a cake, you know. We just kind of jumped into it. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, I do want to say uh, thank you if you've been listening up into now and are not just my girlfriend, which, by the way, thank you, Morgan. Yeah. Um, the biggest fan, by the way. She always likes the podcast, like likes it on SoundCloud. That's important. All right. You all right, kids? You got to like and, and share. All right. You're not, you're not interacting with our baby. Our baby is trying to eat leaves off the ground. You need to sometimes give it a little little nudge <laughs> into the leaves. Bearing the lead on this one, huh? Yeah. What I'm trying to say is thank you for supporting the podcast. We've actually, we've gotten, you know, even though we have a small little following, we do appreciate every single one of you. Mm-hmm. And that's only going to help us, like, build what we're trying to do. And we're trying to do really big things in the future of the save room. You know, uh, when it comes to especially video content, maybe getting into some stream action, we want to build it out from just being an audio thing and assaulting your ears. Definitely. Uh, once a week. So that's that's where we want to go with it. And again, please interact. Hit us up. Say you didn't like this. Say you fucking love this. Uh, put a topic at us. You can hit us up at at Save Room Show. Simple as that on Twitter. Because we're doing this for ourselves because we love video games. We love talking right. about it. We love sitting there. I mean, for fucking six and a half years now, we talk at our you know kitchen nook about video games. And I, we've had some very good constructive conversations. And I like having these with you for these people. But also, like, we do it for ourselves, but we're also doing it for you. We want to know what you like and what you want to hear and what you want to see us do down the line. And I just want to be given the opportunity one day. I want the save room to get big enough where I could meet somebody like Jeff Kaplan. Like, have a sit-down with the dude, mm-hmm. you know, and eat out his asshole. Uh, that's all I want, really. Just eat Jeff Kaplan. Like, I'm having asshole. an interview with him, and you're literally just, he's sitting on your face, like, fucking squanching right. his asshole all over your face. Right, 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 right. That's kind of how I imagined that's it. That's great. Yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> maybe that's, that's maybe when we have a Patreon and we reach our Patreon goal, we can you know can we, shoot for that. Can I can, can we can we start a GoFundMe for uh, <laughs> looking out Jeff Kaplan's asshole? Uh, <laughs> in order to get Sharky into the game. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, no, but again, we love you guys. You've been very good to us. Uh, big things are coming. Uh, I think we're going to knock out another one next week, right? Yeah, we're going to try and get on a routine schedule. It, the only the only interruption in our schedule is going to be us moving to Seattle, which is going to be a, uh, a King Kong of a thing to figure out, yeah. but it should be good. So that's happening in May. I imagine we're going to kind of slow down a little bit there, and then by the time we get out there, it's probably going to slow out a bit right. there. But we'll let you know. We'll keep you updated on Twitter. We'll let you know what's right. happening. Mm-mm. And yeah. But until next time, kids, I've been Kevin. And I'm Daniel. And we appreciate you... You don't like that send-off? I like that. All right, remember to save your game. Any asshole. And actually, that's relevant again because Persona 5, you gotta, you got to save your game. You do. Oh, my God, I can say it again. Oh, oh and people God. aren't like, fuck you, autosaves. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's not relevant here, Kevin. And remember to autosave your game.